let's play a game. First thing I think about when I wake up is like, all right, get through the day, get my ass back here and go back to sleep. And then when it's time to go to sleep, I'm like, nah, I can stay up <laughs> for a while longer. I, oh. yeah, I, I'm, I'm close to that as well. I'm always looking forward to coming home. And even if I'm like falling asleep at work, as soon as I get home, I always manage to find something to do here lately. I've been watching a lot of magic videos, getting back into it. Oh, good for you. Yeah, a little Got bit. A- you gotta have a hobby. Well, I mean, game collecting, but both of them are so expensive, I can only really do one or the other at any given time. True, so, true, true, true. I was kind of feeding my uh, my magic um, uh, wants with Cube every Tuesday, which is a format that doesn't change that much or cost that much. So once you're invested, you can kind of just keep playing, but... Caroline's got gymnastics now on Tuesdays, so um, lame. That's yeah, cool. She's doing well, really well. She loves cool it. Cool for her. Lame for you. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. All right. Let's see. I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out where the hell my Bioshock stuff was. Oh, uh, you've got notes. Well, no, I, I just had like this website. I had all the information, you know, names. And, yeah, uh, I, I honestly, Gage. I remember, I remember Booker and uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, okay. And Comstock, which yeah, well, yeah Comstock <laughs> could could be Booker. He's the same. They're the same person, allegedly. It, it is the same person, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the that's the I, that's the big twist. I thought the climax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This game is, I mean, I'm looking forward to talking about it because there's so much they did, like, right? And there's so much that they just missed it. Right. Like, yeah, I'm right with you. They did nothing wrong. It's just, uh, we'll get into it, though. What yeah. else have you been playing? Uh, a little bit of Shadowgate, um, started Grim Fandango, uh Nothing really. Like speaking of Shadowgate, though, the reason I was playing on that was um, Brent and others were dogging us in Discord when we decided to play. Uh, yeah, I know, right? When we decided to play Bioshock Three, um, they were all saying that this particular title wasn't a horror game, and it's kind of been tradition for this show to always do a horror game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, unbeknownst to you and I, because we hadn't played it, and they're, they're kind of right. The first two Bioshocks are, like, very ominous, and it's underwater, so there's that feeling of seclusion, like a survivor horror, survival yeah. horror would have. And then you have things like the Big Daddies and the Little Sisters, which yeah. are super-duper scary, and then the Splicers may, may as well be damn zombies. And it's like I was talking to Brent. Um, there are these instances with uh, the Splicers where it's, you know, that one guy in the first game that's, like, locked in a room, and he's just uh, seeing Jesus loves me, like, all creepily. And there's the family yeah. that were, like cast in plaster while they were still alive and stuff and then even the scene where uh 
you kill the dude with a golf golf club and stuff. I mean, just horrific stuff. That one lady uh, catching fire. And this game was um, lacking a lot of that, um, and really, yeah. really isn't a horror game as much as it is just a really good first person shooter. So uh, I shot it to Brent. He said that he really wanted us to because we had mentioned Shadowgate. He really wanted us to cover that. So I said, why don't you come on and uh, do a show with me just about Shadowgate? And he was game. So he and I. Uh, I think it was day before last recorded about 50 minutes on Shadowgate. So at the end of this episode, dear listeners and James, uh, we'll have additional content of Brent and I discussion, discussing, uh, Shadowgate and various other things. We get into, uh, a little bit, the whole thing going on with, uh, not Bethesda. It's the, the company that makes those games. We love all the, um, the telltale telltale well, closing down. Yeah. They yeah. Closed, yeah ridiculous they were one of the last bastions you know of uh uh-huh. truly truly a good game maker but apparently they treated their employees like shit and that's never good so i i'm kind of it's kind of a mixed bag i'm kind of like i'm happy that you know maybe they get to go on to greener pastures and such i mean it always sucks to just be terminated like that especially since uh the word is they haven't even gotten severance pay and such so mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sad because they made some of my absolute favorite games. But as I was saying to him, there's still just tons of stuff that they put out that I haven't played yet, you know. So looking mm-hmm. forward to still playing all those. But hopefully someone else will pick up the ball and, and roll with it because it was evident to just about everyone, I think, that uh, that type of game was still viable, you know, as long as you don't run it into the ground like they basically did. They just took too many projects on at once and as a result, you know, wore themselves too thin. So, yeah. But anyway, you got your Bioshock well, stuff up or oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think I'm ready. I just have to get ready. Getting looking forward to listening to that. One thing I miss uh, about since I'm on this show, I can no longer listen to the show with, you know, not knowing what's coming next. So <laughs> listening to you do your own do the show without me is actually a treat. Yeah, well, I I do like to throw in um, like random sound bits and stuff to you know sometimes mm-hmm. it's specifically with you in mind just to make you laugh because you'll yeah. know it's you'll know it's coming and then all of a sudden it's something completely different. So <laughs> I like doing that occasionally too. Yeah, and sorry if I seem a little bit like downbeat for some reason, man. I am just exhausted. Normally this is like the the time of day where I'm like up and about and stuff, but I really feel like I could just lay down and, and uh, go to bed, which I may do after this or I may uh, like uh, uh-huh. boot and rally and, uh, you know, uh, edit this podcast so we can get it out quickly because, you know, it's already, what, a day late or something, which isn't that big a deal. Uh-oh, that's going to wake up David. No, no, don't say that. God damn, I don't know what's going on. Usually they're all asleep by now. Intruder. Intruder alert. Intruder mm-hmm. alert. Yeah, we had someone come up. I was at work at the time, but come up and woke up my household at, like, 3 in the morning banging on uh, the door. And uh, by the time Courtney got downstairs, whoever it was was gone. And uh, judging from the cameras, all we could see were two male shoes. So I have no idea if there was an accident or, you know, what had happened and why they singled out our home. You know, because we're kind of in the middle of of the block. So you'd think if something happened, they would have went to a nearer house. But who knows? It was probably, my best guess is it was probably my uh, crackhead next door neighbor. 
who is usually up at four in the morning, you know, and wandering around outside in the dark, in the rain. It doesn't really matter. You know, she's great. Gotta love that. I really do live in a good neighborhood, except for that one chick. Oh, and the creepy guy across the street. Right. <laughs> uh, so you've been playing anything else? or? Uh, not a whole lot. I, um... I, I think I, I told you I beat Link Between Worlds, so mm-hmm. I ordered uh, um, Ocarina of Time for sure. the 3DS. I've been playing that a little bit, kind of. The game still holds up pretty well. Right on. Um, getting through it. I've also on my phone. Have you, have you heard of Evo Land? Uh, no. Yeah, it's a pretty. It's a. It's an RPG where you like start out and like. It looks like Game Boy graphics, and as you progress through the game, the graphics get, get better. better. Yeah, I have heard of it. Yeah. You have heard of it. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, I've been kind of motoring through that a little bit right now. I'm in the middle of like a Final Fantasy VII type world. Um, so that's kind of cool. It's you know a real cheap game. I think it was a ninety nine cents on iOS. So that's that's about it. And playing Bioshock. Oh, I started. I David somehow hit a bunch of buttons on my PlayStation controller, so now I have the PlayStation Network uh, paid for for a year. Oh, so been, yeah, he told me. I'm getting, getting some of those games. I just played Friday the 13th, you know, a game that I would never pay for, but I got it for free for this month, so I played a few rounds of that. And right. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I got ended up getting that, too. Um, I accidentally paid for the uh, another month of PSN. I only, only bought... Uh, last month for a singleton game and I can't even remember what it was now and I thought I had had uh-huh. it set up to where it wasn't going to charge me again and then it did and I was like oh great well what are the games this month and one of the, one of the games was Read Only Memories which is uh, based off of Snatcher and I, I've never played it. I think I think Jeff Lupton, uh, the voice of Gillian Seed, actually was in some of the commercials for the game, if I remember right. Although I don't know if he actually voices anything within the game. But uh, I've heard good things. Once again, I heard the studio head is kind of a jerk and he overworks people and he's a little bit sexist or whatever. But I have heard good things about the game, so I, I am looking forward to playing through that. And uh, while I'm thinking about it... Uh, we were talking last time about uh, all the different Zelda games and uh, Spokes, our good friend Jeff, he uh, pointed out that I was incorrect about the 3DS having a version of Wind Raker. It never appeared on the 3DS. It was re-released on the Wii U, I believe it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, so to any listeners that got mad at me and were screaming you know, into their thing, I, I just remember it being re-released. I, I very, very seldomly ever buy re-releases. I almost always own the original ones on those games, so I I typically don't buy, you know, re-releases, but unless and you're never wrong, so this is a surprise to me too. Yeah, well, I'm I'm wrong. Like, well, I go back and listen to these episodes, and I'm and I constantly go, well, that's like I'm correcting myself. I'm like, oh God, why did I say that? You know, or I'll, I'll use a word wrong, like uh, Brent pointed out yeah. a long time ago. I I said use the word epitome, which I've always thought was a synonym for epitome. And uh, that was in our Castlevania Symphony that I episode. And he, he like wrote me on Discord. He's like, Epitome? What the hell is that? And he like sent, you know, how it's supposed to sound. And I, I legitimately thought it was two separate words with the same meaning. Uh, no, they're one and the same. It's just like, Epitome doesn't seem like it should be spelt that way at all. You know, I, I always thought it started with an I and maybe I just dodged it in all the novels that I've read over the years. But yeah, you know, I, I do a lot of things. I think in the snatcher episode uh 
what was it I said breaking the third wall when it was supposed to be breaking the fourth wall or something like that you know just little things that I go and go what did I do and then it's okay we're on the fly here sometimes oh yeah yeah our brains are not functioning right Right. So, you want to get into uh, Bioshock? Or you got anything else? Let's get into Bioshock. All right. This game is gonna, so I completed it. And you completed it. We both did. Yeah. We've both like gone all the way through. That's a lot of taste. It's a full on playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not too long a game. It only took me, I don't know, eight and a half, nine hours, something like that. You know, I think yeah. I beat it in three days. It went down pretty easy. I was uh, initially I was worried that I wouldn't be able to like persevere because whereas like the other Bioshocks uh, always had me at the edge of my seat you know and I really enjoyed playing them this one at times I did feel like got a little bit boring here and there oh I agree yeah. then 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 something the game would change though yeah and it would lure me back in and then, then like you said it would start to get a little weird just enough yeah. and then, it, then, it, then the game would change so yeah, and if you guys are listening and you've never played one of the Bioshock games, they are a first-person shooter, except they're they're very different than a lot of other first-person shooters. First of all, uh, the shooting action isn't like as precise as something like, say, a Call of Duty or something. It's, uh-huh. it's a little less than, but you're also uh, geared up with these different abilities that other first-person shooters wouldn't have. Uh, in the first two games, they they come in the way of um, God. I can't even splices or something. That they're basically genetic enhancements. In this yeah. installment, it's kind of the same, except you just you drink a liquid to be able to uh, learn the magic or whatever you call yeah. it in this game. I I forgot what the name of this stuff were called in the game, but they're they're basically magic. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, um, I mean, they do help out the game a lot. Uh, like you'll want to use them in, in the original game. Gosh, I can't remember what powered it, uh, but in this game, it, you need to have salts. So yeah, you're constantly, constantly looking for salts to to fill up your salt meter and such. And and these are things your salt meter. Your you have something called a shield which you won't take any physical damage as long as your shield is still up and it replenishes on its own as long as uh, you don't take damage. That's new and unique only to this game, right? Correct, yeah. I don't believe that was in the others. It's a a nice feature, though, because if you get pinned down, you can take a bunch of shots, run and find cover, and and not take all that damage. Yeah. Um, And then the the last one being your health bar. And those three things can be increased by finding uh, these special potions throughout the game that are usually hidden pretty well. And you'll increase them by one point. But uh, there's also... In this game, you don't get uh, an inventory to, like, hold extra health or extra salts. Like the other games, you did. Yeah, you hit the quick button and it would cure yourself. You get the shield instead, I guess. I guess, and and, and also the addition of uh, Elizabeth uh, throwing you things when needed a lot of yeah, the time. You yeah. know, your health goes real low, and she'll say, uh, "Booker, you need health," and she'll throw you that. Or she, if your salts get low, she'll throw you salts sometimes, and it takes yeah. a while to replenish for her too. She'll say, "I'm out." And one of the more annoying things I thought it was neat at first, but it got to be quite annoying playing through the game is every five minutes or so she'll say hey booker need money and she'll throw you a coin um 
and it was pretty cool at first, but then it just like kept breaking up my gameplay where she was like, Hey, I found this. And you're like, okay, great. Another silver dollar. I appreciate it. And it probably does add up to a lot of money because you, you can buy just like the other Bioshocks, uh, new guns and ammo and, uh, upgrades to all your magic spells effectively and um so you know money is i'd say in one in a single playthrough you you can uh probably unless you're really searching for it you could probably only really max out maybe four of the what there's six magics i think so there's six or eight yeah something like that i think there's six let's let's try and figure it out james uh, because the ones i used the most were the the summoning of crows which you, is just like it sounds you can summon a murder of crows to descend upon your enemies and they'll like peck at their eyes and whatnot you can also uh, hold the button to set a trap where if anyone walks in that area, then these crows that are all pecking around the area will uh, attack that person. And then its upgrades are, um, when you kill an opponent with that, it automatically sets up their body as a trap. So if anyone walks near their body, they also get pecked by crows. And then I think, uh, the other upgrade is like, it deals more damage or something. And interestingly, um, sometimes on these magics, you can use two of the magics in succession to be able to do even more damage and the next one uh that i used the most was the uh, like uh, devil's fire which is you know a fireball and again you throw it and you at an enemy they catch fire um you can also throw it on the ground to create a trap if they walk over it they'll catch fire and if you use the crows and then immediately throw the fire into the crows the crows will catch fire and deal additional cool. damage yeah it's a really cool looking thing too, man. You you get these crows flying all around, then you catch them on fire, and all of a sudden the crows are catching everybody on fire and flying on. It's awesome. Yeah, there's a few of them that mix like that, and I think every one has at least one that it'll mix with. But uh, that was the only one that I really used a lot. Um, I used possession. Oh yeah, that's that a good was. One. I just like when a battle would start, I would throw this like green lady at this, you know random enemy and that enemy now works for me so mm-hmm. now all they're attacking the enemies the enemies are attacking them and then i would move up around the other side with you know the, that diversion and come up behind people yeah for uh, sure never never use the second effect like holding and releasing it to, st- to start a trap um, oh yeah uh, but yeah that was my main one and i also used i think, I think the, the crow one was another one i sort of used and uh oh there's only that you can make a shield in front of yourself right um i don't remember what it was called going through them here i have there's i'll read them for me read them for you sure i i do real quick want to mention though there's also on the uh the possession you could also possess um shops and make them get like because all the shops are automated robots they would spit out all their money if you uh possess the shop yeah and that was really helpful in the machines also, if you found like a flying, flowing, uh, flying, there you go, machine, you can possess that thing. Yeah, yeah, those are great. Or like machine, the, the presidents and the... Yeah, the, that was they, only for limited time. They would switch it on you again, but it was... They were still great. On. Yeah. yeah. So you got possession, you got shock jockey. Yeah, and that's the got, uh, lightning well, one. Well, and yeah, lightning, it's much like you would think. It... it uh, deals a small amount of damage while paralyzing the opponent and you can also like all of them i think uh set up a trap yeah 
Yeah, they all have a trap. And sometimes it was used to power various things, too. You would have to shoot shock jockey into a battery Uh or whatever to turn on a gondola or something like that. I think there were were puddles lying around. Were the puddles for the electricity or for the the, the other ones called undertow? Um... Let's, there's there were puddles of like oil in some places that would make your fire like incredible, fire. Yeah. and I think there were puddles in other places that were of water that would increase electricity. Uh, I don't know if there was anything that increased crows. Um, Murder of crows, the one overturned a sender. That's the one I was thinking of. We get the magnetic shield. Yeah, and it, that would like shoot things back. I, I 100% didn't use that one at all. I use that one a little. Devil's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when you talked about charge. I never use charge. That was the one where you just like ran forward real, real fast or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Bucking Bronco. And that's uh, another one I didn't use much. I remember I it comboed with um, Undertow. I Undertow, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then Undertow was. Yeah, you would push them away with water or something, and you could mm-hmm. also grab them and pull them towards you or something like that. Yeah. Again, I don't know. I, I Throughout most of the game, my, my whole deal was I was using the uh, Clint Eastwood 45 looking gun because that mofo was just like a showstopper. You hit almost anything one time, and it just went down. It was amazing. And then uh-huh. uh, as an alternate weapon, I usually had... Eh, you know, one of the machine guns or a shotgun, and de- depending on what uh, kind of stuff was in the area, I might have something else too. I I, I liked some of the bigger guns. There's a lot of guns in the game, uh, yeah. rocket launchers, normal pistols, etc. Almost never used uh, the melee attack in this game. It it was really weak, com- like compared to other games, and there wasn't many upgrades to it that I was aware of, if any. In the other games, you could actually uh, maximize that pipe wrench and like really go at some dudes. In this game, you have like a thing you find at the beginning of the game that does not would not work as they advertise it. It's supposed to be like kind of like a, a it's got a flywheel on the end of it that's got three hooks. And it's supposed to grab onto these tracks that are in the air all over the place. And you can, like, ride the tracks, but you also use it as your melee weapon where you just, like, smack people in the face with it, which, sure. And I've got a lot of problems with this, unless you want to discuss guns anymore and tell me what you used, I guess. Well, I want to just, before we get into the yeah, that gameplay issue, I use the machine gun, I use the volley gun, but... You did have, like, equipment you could find throughout the, the game where you could equip yourself with, like, four different things. Right. Pants, and I did... Oh, God, that damn dog. No, it's um, I was able to equip myself with something where, like, 50% of the time, if I use melee, it would, like, set the guy on fire. Yeah. And the other 50%, it would, like, electrify him. So my melee actually was pretty strong uh, later in the game. Okay. Yeah, I, I used one for a while that was, like... Um, if you use melee, it would deal additional damage or something, and then uh, take possession of them for five seconds with a 20% chance or something. That was interesting to use for a while, but ultimately I found something that was just much better. I think it increased like uh, or decreased the amount of salts used or something to cast magic. I remember I found some stuff that was like really good with magic, and I, I basically became a magician after that point. But yeah, you find... And there's a lot, and I know I missed a lot because I didn't really use a walkthrough playing through this game. 
and I think you probably shouldn't because it would probably uh, ruin a lot of the exploration and such for you. Well, but, on that note, I want to just I want to mention like the the game. You should have had a map. You should have had a little mm-hmm. map in the bottom right hand corner, mm-hmm. that kind of where you could have like put waypoints on, or at least like it would have like highlighted like, hey, a door you never opened, or a lock that you found that maybe you should come back to. Or something. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, it's it's real weird that a game, any game with exploration in it at this point, wouldn't have some some kind of map, at least one where you could hit a button and refer to. But yeah, I don't think there is one in the game. You know, I remember yeah. I, I did look for one for a while and didn't find it, and was just decided either I was an idiot or, or you know, maybe they just felt like you could get along without it. And you can for the most part because it's fairly linear. You're just well, trying. To, it is linear, but like. It invites you to explore. Like, I yeah. wanted to explore this world, but without a map, it was tough. And then, like, you go from, like, this peaceful, like, kind of listening to people or talking to people, then just all of a sudden you turn a corner and then, like, people are firing at you. And then, like, the rest of this whole area is, like, destroyed because everyone's trying to kill you. Like, you can no longer explore. It's now a fight for survival. Yeah. So I wish there was, like, a way you could, like, you know, put your guns away and, like, no one's going to mess with you until, like, okay. I'm done with this area, ready to continue the story, hmm. pull your guns out, and then the people start going ape shit or something like that. Yeah, I found it particularly tough in the area, like, where you go to the slums, basically, and, like, there's all those people, and initially they're not attacking at all, but all you have to do is slip up once, and then everybody is out for blood. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't make 100% sense to me and stuff. I actually reset, reset the game, like, three times trying to do it more peacefully like you say you know uh, not attack anyone or anything but eventually someone recognizes yeah you turn a corner and someone would be like there he is and then you're in a gunfight and then everybody around you yeah is yeah and it's like okay great yeah i didn't care for that either um but to get back on the uh the whole thing with the the arm. Um, yes. This was one of my biggest qualms with the game. It was like, I'm all for grappling hook style mechanics in gaming, and that's essentially what this is. But instead, like all they had to do to make this awesome was, one, make it not look so goddamn stupid, because there's no way that would work the way they intended on those rails and such. But I'll, I'll let that slide for video game reasons. But instead of like shooting out an actual grappling hook that would then like you know bionic commando draw you in style and then do what they were wanting they just had booker like jump his ass like 80 feet in the air onto whatever you know and it was like wait a minute when when i'm playing the game you have a jump and when you jump like all throughout the game there's these ledges and things you want to jump onto or over or whatever and you just can't get to it meanwhile anytime there's one of these air tracks you can just target it and hit i think triangle and he will like all but fly superman style toward this thing with just a mild grunt and attach himself you know and like i said maybe not 80 feet but certainly 20 30 feet these jumps are like four and five times higher than anything you do in the game and you know he clearly can do it but then you as the player aren't able to reenact that in any way for gameplay and i was like okay and it it, maybe it's just me you know i don't know but it could have been addressed with uh like i said just an actual extending grappling hook that retracted or something but 
whatever. I, I don't know why it was even in the game. I mean, I guess it was in the game because we're in a flying city, so they wanted him to be flying around. But yeah, because... I didn't, didn't really need it. I mean, it like... No, was, in fact, it made things confusing. It was... Yeah, disorienting. Disorienting. Um, I didn't care for it at all. I mean, Spider-Man does it right with, like, your web slinger. Sure. You know where you are. You're flying around the city. This thing, and you get in a rail, and you just shift around, and, you, you, and you're, you're turning just... around. And you're like, we're okay. going in circles effectively. Yeah. And it's like, who would build a city? Like, even if this is something that's, you know, you think, okay, this is practical for uh, reasons. I, I couldn't even tell you why it would be. But who would build it to where they're just like, all right, uh, we're just going to make a big circle around this one area. And every now and then they would throw a, like a bone where there was a separate track where you would have to, at a certain point, jump off that rail onto another or something. But. It was really bad. I didn't care for yeah. that at all as far as mechanics go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess that's it for mechanics. I mean, that's pretty much it. You got your magics, you got your guns, and uh, you got your sky jumping, I guess. I, I don't know what the hell that is. But, yeah. but, you know, it played well enough, and it's it's gorgeous. This game is certainly mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful games for the PS3 era. Um, it looks every bit as good as... Uh, practically anything i've seen on the ps4 i mean uh, i think you did play the ps4 version but um it it i played it on ps3 it it looked amazing you know i was impressed i was a a little depressed by the fact that it was five years old at this point i was like oh my god because i it's i still think of it as being kind of a new game and it's like oh no this came out years ago at this point but um Still, it it looks great. It it plays like Bioshock. It just doesn't look like Bioshock. All the environments, mm-hmm. you're in these. It's daytime. Yeah, it's nice, bright, sunny day. You're in the open mm-hmm. air. There's nothing ominous about you know most of the townsfolk are just sitting there eating their popcorn and stuff. And you find a lot of popcorn and other garbage that you can eat in this game. And oh, yeah. it's just. I don't know. It just felt too sunshiny and and fun, and you know, it it wasn't Bioshock. Mm-hmm. It was Bioshock without being Bioshock. Uh, weird complaint to have, I guess. I mean, it was it was fine, but I wanted you know maybe they didn't want to go back to that old well, but that's part of what made those games so great was the darkness of it, and you know you're under the the ocean. You know, the whole time you're thinking at any moment. Um, you know something could bust and all this water could come in and i could just drown that's terrifying now you could argue that the city could fall and spoilers it does at the very end of the game but um this is something i feel like you could potentially live through um even if that's unrealistic as hell it it doesn't seem nearly as scary to me as being underwater and trapped with that water coming in that's terrifying to me and then the big daddies and you know the little sisters and all that all just like horror elements of those games and and this game just didn't have that at all and i did the, the original bioshocks like i did want to see that those worlds like at they at their height like we we and during the game you get to see them you know when they're all destroyed and it's sure. gone defunct but so i i kind of like seeing this like the people and how they interacted and yeah you know, even like the racism and the history and like oh, how yeah. out, out there it was. So I, I did appreciate that. But like I said in the beginning, like you didn't have enough time to, you know, really get into it and learn about it mm-hmm. because next thing you know, you're fucking under attack. 
Yeah, yeah that, we gotta get out of there. That racism, that was a little heavy-handed, in my opinion. I, I thought so, too. Like, if I was, like, my kid was playing it, and I walked by and saw some of the images or heard some of the stuff, I might be like, whoa, like, let's, let's sit down and unpack this, because I don't want to make sure you know, like, what they're talking about and why this is, like, not right. Yeah, and they're begging at, at one point, like, you go into the the two separate bathrooms that was a big one it was like you go into the nice posh bathroom of the white people and then right next door is the black bathrooms and they're utterly disgusting and the janitor is a black guy and he's begging you to leave because uh if anyone sees you in there uh they would punish him not you and it's like what kind of society is this you know well it's supposed to be an alternate you know reality yeah which plays into the game huge, like about three quarters in when sure. I guess we should start talking. Let's talk a little bit about the story. Well, I we, wanted to get to that next. Yeah. Like we can't cover the whole story and you know, not nah, whatever much time we have left. But we can, yeah. We, we can, we can touch on it. Like when you start the yeah. game, like I initially I was all for it. You're getting rowed in a boat towards the lighthouse and you're given a mm-hmm. puzzle. And I thought, Oh cool. This is going to have puzzles, but no, this is really the only one. It's basically just a passcode to get into the lighthouse. And you see a man tied to a chair and he's got a, like a pillowcase over his head and he is just bloody and there's blood and knives that have blood all coated over uh, uh, all over the place. And I was thinking, yeah, this is my horror game right here. And that's literally probably the scariest moment of the game or the most, mm-hmm visually like traumatizing i mean there's a few other minor things but nothing really and then the whole damn uh lighthouse is just a a a rocket Rocket ship ship. that shoots you to this other land that's floating in the sky and you're tasked with the uh, the job of find the girl and give the girl and everything will be forgiven right yeah and the people that paddled you to the lighthouse like mm-hmm. those two individuals come in big yeah <laughs> who and are they really i mean <laughs> it's never really explained because it's like they're working for booker but they're also working against booker it's well i read this it, it this is where we can't get into this but like well let's just talk about, we'll talk about it later we'll talk about it later. there's a guy <laughs> and a girl we'll talk about them as we get into it. yeah the, there's a guy and a girl and you get tasked to find this girl elizabeth and you find her and you find out she's being kept in this large building um and they're constantly observing her and she effectively lives in what she sees is like a a large mansion of sorts with complete with a library and a banquet hall, et cetera, et cetera. And a pet mechanical eagle. Yeah. And a giant pet mechanical eagle because all the people of this world, for some reason have a, uh, misinterpretation of what America was mm-hmm. and they worship people like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and the like as deities. Differently. Differently. Yeah. They, yeah. you know, they, in the beginning of the game, you're seeing all these people praying to, you know, John Quincy Adams and Jefferson yeah. and whoever else. Uh, it's basically a religion based off of the U.S. Constitution, which is kind of weird because I feel like that information, I get it. They're trying to say that, you know, depending on circumstances, things can be misremembered vastly, which happens throughout history a lot. But in the instance of something as well documented as American history and the Constitution and such, Anyone? Well, the thing is, go ahead. You know, well, the thing is, like, it's supposed to be like an alternate reality, alternate history, but they chose like 
two strange events in our history, the Battle of Wounded Knee and the Boxer Rebellion to like mm-hmm. show like in a different a, differently where I think they should have like just pick something like that's more familiar, maybe like the Boston Massacre and how like we massacred the British. So to really show that like, oh, that didn't happen in our history. This is a totally different like yeah, something you know, that your your layman would be able to pick out a little easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. instead of Washington we crossing the Delaware, the you yeah, know, something, something else. Yeah, something where it's like, whoa, it's kind of our history, but no, it's a different take on our history, or something sure. different happened in this world in, in our history. Yeah, I, I would have liked it better if uh, they had started during like the. Uh, the civil war more that whole era and cause that's mm-hmm. more well known to everybody than like early history yeah. for American the Confederates history. win. And then, yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have been, world. that would have been amazing because that would help to explain why they were so like, um, racist and backwards in those, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, or yeah, the, yeah. The union won and the Confederates like lifted up into the sky or something. That would have been amazing. Have, have their own country. Why didn't they hire you James? I know, I've been applied. But you find this girl in her house and she's desperately wanting to get out and you're able to observe her the same way they observed her through these two-way mirrors and you see that she has this very odd ability where she can open up rips in time and space to be able to not necessarily go herself, although later you are able to do that a couple of times, but to bring things forth from these alternate realities. And they're typically depicted in like black and white and kind of look like snow on a old CRT TV or something. They're kind of sketchy looking, but they work just like anything else. If she were to bring a gun from another world, you could shoot that gun to kill someone in this world, etc. You know, she could bring forth food or whatever. And this comes into play later in the game when you do save her. Um, you save her initially here run away from the big bad bird that's trying to uh, grab her up and uh she's able to use these abilities later in the game not initially so much to there'll be points where she can pull things forward either you know a big bucket of ammo or a big bucket of rations or a turret or whatever it might be she can do all these kind of cool things for you and once that point hits she becomes much better gameplay wise because other than that up until that point all she really is doing is finding you coins every five minutes and occasionally throwing you salts and the like when you yeah yeah Yeah. that's one of the ways the game evolves you start out with just weapons then you get your vigors then you get her then she brings you stuff then she starts opening up rifts so it it does kind of evolve and it, it gets more interesting i'll tell you the best line in the game is I don't know who said it, or the game just paused and told you, like, you don't have to protect her. She can protect herself. Right. Like, oh, thank God. So I think the second one, like, that was a large part of the game, like, protecting those little girls. Yeah. And that got fucking... It's, a, it's annoying, yeah. I mean, it's I think always they, annoying. They, like, heard us loud and clear. Like, we don't want to protect people. Just let them, you know, they're going to be with us, they're with us. That's the whole protect thing. Us. Escort yeah. missions for any game are almost always universally one of the worst things you can do for a game. It's escort missions and ice stages on levels where the ice is slippery. It's like, we don't want this crap. You know, no one wants it. We don't want that. Yeah. Or making the game harder or, um, 
warps that warp you to random places like old rpgs that used to have those warp tiles and you would like you'd have to try and like make a map mentally in your head that kind of shit can just go no one wants that like it'll make me stop playing a game i'm just no i don't want it and in this game and the only other one i can think of that did it right was ico where it's an escort mission throughout the entirety of the game but it never feels like it because you don't really have to watch out for the other person per se they take care of themselves i guess there are points in uh like the last of us also does it pretty well Uh, but yeah actually now i think of it it does it very well because uh ellie can really handle her own and actually helps you out throughout the game a lot in that one too that's a great game if you haven't played it james my god oh it's one of my all-time favorite games so good add it to the list it is so much better than bioshock 3 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bioshock 3 is good though I mean, we're gonna it get is. To it, but it, there's a lot of merits to it there yeah there is if you want to continue on with the story uh, by all means because it all gets a little fuzzy for me up to the end like she... oh this is this well this the first thing we got to talk about is like the word infinite um, there are infinite universes if you need like a, a lesson on that watch the Star Trek episode uh, next generation I think it's called parallels where Worf is like thrust into infinite universes that's what this game becomes um you rip elizabeth is able to like open up rifts and you go into different like worlds which i thought this was an area they really missed like they should have somehow did a better job of like showing you a world and then sending you through a rift and you go back through the same world but it's everything's changed and different Mm -hmm. i I didn't feel they they kind of did it not well but they didn't do it well because we didn't know the first world enough because we were under attack the whole time. So I didn't get a chance to really get to know like where everything was and what the, you know what posters are on the walls and what people are saying and doing. Because the other world, it was different. It was like Comstock wasn't as he was the he's the main antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't around. It was the other group, the the Vox, I think, the uh, the rebels. Yeah, like, like they were in charge. One world, you're a hero, and another world, you're not. One we're world. attacking both worlds anyway, so it's like, what, where, yeah. where, you know. One world, the Chinaman is dead, and then the other world, he's alive, but married to a different person. What they yeah. really needed was for um, Riker to come in and be surrounded by Borg and say, yeah. the Borg are everywhere. And then you have to destroy <laughs> Riker uh, so that he yeah. doesn't, yeah, yeah. That's a reference. <laughs> The game, yeah, yeah, I remember that was that was the ship that. Yeah. Uh, now we're getting to Star Trek, <laughs> <laughs> which is a wonderful show. That's a amazing. Yes, we'll start that one later. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The, the the story does well. You're you're leading Elizabeth through. You're trying to kind of half escape with her, but you you kind of betray. You're you're kind of in two different worlds. You have these two people that told you to get the girl and come back and your debts are repaid, but then you start to like Elizabeth. Uh-huh. So you're conflicted. Ultimately you choose Elizabeth, of course. Yeah. Um, although there were points in this game where you have to make a decision about stuff, like whether to let people live or die. And I, I don't know if like there's a, if I chose the other route, if anything Does would happen. Does it even affect the story? Cause like one of the big ones I, I thought was going to affect it is the one those, those two creepy ass, the man and the woman that are throughout the game that you don't know what side they're on. They offer you a card each. One has a cage and one has a bird. And I chose mm-hmm. the bird. And I don't know if that affected the game at all. 
I chose the cage, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay, well, maybe we can discuss our endings, and maybe you got a different one than I did. I don't know. I also chose, like, heads in the beginning of the game. It's the same the same two people, and they're throughout the game. And the, theor- the thing I read online is, like, it was the girl originally, I believe, and she's the doctor in charge, the scientist in charge of discovering, like, this – uh, the infinite universes and how to open a rift and she her technology is somehow prevalent to like the, the city's being able to float with like the continuous energy or something and she ends up like finding a version of herself in another world but it's a man and they somehow come together and are i don't know omnipresent now and they can just exist within every world and this world and the game gets really kind of out there. Kind, kind of the out there and confusing a little bit. Like, a lot of that, yeah. like, I didn't 100% catch because uh, it wasn't really softball thrown to me. And, and you don't have time to explore anything or do any yeah. research because you're under attack. And, it, yeah, it got, it got to where, like, a lot of the story, even though it was compelling, I was only catching, like the the higher notes of it if you will you know i wasn't bothering with a lot of the smaller stuff and a lot of the story is revealed to you through these like old penny arcades where you can like look into a Mm -hmm. machine and watch a little short black and white video that that gives you insight into what's going on those are all missable i mean i I think i only saw half of those things i missed nearly half of them as well and i was looking for them you know i I love those things yeah Uh, they reminded me of my childhood because when i went to disney world as a kid they had those you know say yeah disneyland has those things still to this day Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, I haven't been in years, so I didn't know. But yeah, they're they're nifty, and you know they were popular. Yeah. That's the original arcade machines of the twenties, which makes sense because that's you know right around the time this is taking place, I guess. In an the alternate nineteen twelve, I think was the, yeah. I remember, yeah, but it was so the game. I don't know. You progress through it. Elizabeth gets more and more weird you eventually have to like fight her ghost mother yeah which that's when the game takes a weird turn because everything's mechanical thus far within the realm of reality and now we've crossed over into this spiritual yeah world and kind of beat ghost mom and uh gotta beat ghost mom a few times yeah better than ghost dad starring bill cosby um <laughs> but yeah you beat her up and explain to her like something like you know i'd never meant to do this or whatever yeah, it was my father the whole time and... forgives you and yeah it's it's convoluted and then, and then you start you're supposed to you know, this eagle is always around and it's kind of terrorizing you the entire game yeah it's always following you, you then you become friends with it and then it becomes your best ally and the end of the game you're using it to destroy zeppelins as they're flying in trying to destroy your ship yeah, because you finally discover the the code. Like, you get ripped into the the far, 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 far future by Elizabeth. She pulls Booker forward like forty years or something. And Elizabeth is an old lady at this point, and she basically takes oh, yeah. over for Comstock. And she has created this world that is basically terrible. It's just a future dystopia, and she wants to change that. What had happened was uh, Booker was supposed to save her, and he never did. And she ended up being like tortured and molded into the form of Comstock. And she did so, but as a last ditch effort, she reached back out to Booker, pulled him forward, gave him a card that said, um, Oh, letter to herself or something like that right? yeah it said uh the answer is in the cage i think and uh you don't discover until like the very oh, end of the yeah. game there's all those 
president things that can summon this bird through a series of notes and she pulls free the little it's like a metal pan flute and she plays c-a-g-e in order and that's the code to be able to control the bird call that bird and kill the zeppelins and then yeah the bird is under your command and that's uh, that's what i was going to ask you is like because i chose bird and you chose cage i thought maybe the ending would be different because i was thinking maybe uh you choosing cage like the bird didn't help you at the end um, no, no, it I, didn't. I chose bird and the bird was there and i could command it and that fight was the one fight in the game that was truly difficult to me because they just keep throwing crap at you and they're it's attacking your your ship oh yeah you've oh, got yeah. like a engine basically it looks like a big glowing core and they're attacking that and that's really uh if that falls then your ship falls and it's game over and uh they just keep throwing zeppelins at you which throw more enemies and more enemies and i tried it took me three tries to beat that and i finally had to basically i didn't mess around with like jumping on the the track that was above that circled the whole ship that they wanted you to use i just started like stood right in front of the core and as things came up i hit them with crows and fire and i just set up as many traps as i could and when the presidents came because there's these giant presidents that have rail guns they're dressed to look like uh, george washington only eight feet tall and they come at you i would just take possession of one to like kill the other and then i could handle one at a time kind of thing and it kind of cheesed my way through using that method what was the or the other uh the big enemies called the ones like the, the long arms and oh. they, they look kind of like comstock i think they were mold they were modeled after comstock and, yeah i can't remember they were the ones that if you shot them in uh, the heart they would take more damage and then the patriots yeah. if you shot them in the back they took more damage well, that whatever enemy that's called, like I, I think I read in the Game Informer, and it, and it looked like that was like, I don't know, that was the big antagonist in the game. Like one of, one of those things was like hanging around Elizabeth, and that was going to be like the bird, or like you know, it was like its pers- her personal protector, and like that was going to be like, oh, what's that thing from Resident Evil that chases you everywhere? Like. Uh, uh... Are you talking about Slickers or Resident Evil 3 where it's Resident um, Evil 3, Nemesis. Nemesis, yeah. I thought it was going to be like a Nemesis where it's like always, you know, chasing you. And that was going to be the big. Nah. Just in, but it wasn't. Just a bunch of them and you, it took a while to kill and you killed them. Yeah, they're just, they're just there. Yeah, they weren't. They were more difficult than your standard soldier, but not yeah. overly so. Yeah, I mean, not bananas. The game was. What, what, what level did you play it on, by the way? Easy I'm not even sure. Not? I think I just whatever's default. Okay, I mean it's probably normal. That's what I did. Okay. But yeah, it wasn't overly hard. It was. You yeah. Know. And then, well, to point out to when you died, um, there were two ways you could two endings when you died either elizabeth would like inject you with some sort of green serum and you're right back into the fight yeah or, or you'd be facing a door and those two or you hear voices saying like all right you know if you find her she's yours or get back in there and i guess if you and this is gonna just start getting crazy but if you saw the door in the real world you actually died and you were now a this was now a different universe, a different timeline where you survived. And they were just showing you that you're now entering back in as a different booker. Oh, I never got that one. If, if you could, I read that. So that was a theory someone had. That's like, yeah, now wow. you're a different. It's because this game, as, as we'll get to the end now, it's like it, the, the multiple universes 
come, you know, are shown in yeah. this weird like lighthouse scene and you get to see different timelines and different versions of Elizabeth at least. I don't think you see different versions of yourself. Yeah. And that whole the and, only part of the ending that got me was the baby thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. I guess we can, you know, if you don't want to hear the ending of this game, don't listen to this section. But Elizabeth, yeah. uh, when you meet her, she has a very noticeably one finger, her index finger, and I think her uh, dominant hand, I think her right, that yeah. is missing, and she's got a thimble over it. It's missing at, like, the first knuckle, and yeah. uh, she doesn't know whatever happened. She thinks she was born that way, and uh, you get these flashbacks if effectively where um you're in this shitty apartment and you see like a badge and a gun on a table presumably you're some kind of law enforcement thing and there's someone banging at the door uh yelling at you to uh br bring the girl and all will be forgiven it's never told you what it is it's going to be forgiven but there's a sequence toward the end of the game where you have no choice but to go in this room next door adjacent to the room you start in and you keep flashing back to this area but this is the first time that you can go in this room and there's a baby in a crib and uh, the game won't progress until you pick up the baby and hand it over to uh, the creepazoids that are throughout the game the woman and man doctor um really telling and then you chase you know after them and say no uh, give her back the deal is off i don't care what you do to me or something and they open up a uh, a rift and the baby is reaching towards you as the rift closes it cuts off her index finger so elizabeth so, is your daughter. daughter the whole time yeah and you grow up to be comstock the enemy and the guy that put together this whole right city so you're actually so, fighting yourself but as an older man yeah so somehow you've been pulled through a rift 20 30 years into the future elizabeth is now an adult you are an old man and unrecognizable to yourself because he's got a great big white beard and such and yeah, yeah so that's the whole ooh twist and then when i beat the game um uh, what did I, I guess I decided to, uh, to die and yeah. they, because multiple like, versions of Elizabeth, like show up, the, yeah. come out of the timeline and kill you, but kill all yeah. of you before you yeah. can become Comstock. And then you reawaken back in that shitty apartment and you like open the door to your daughter's room and it's like, and then the game ends. You're like, is she still there? Is she not there? Yeah. We don't what know what happened. And, we can only hope she was there. Yeah. It's there are so many videos and freaking theories, theories and about stuff. this game. Yeah. You could read for just days. I read a few, and then I was like, okay, I need to like, this away. I, I just left it as like it's they left it up to debate for a reason and I'll yeah. just leave it at that you know I mean it it did tug at the heartstrings a bit having a, a daughter you know the yeah. whole thing I was like but my whole thing with it was uh, I don't care what kind of a debt it is I'm not handing over my kid you know God, I, no. I mean crazy? I don't it's like if it's like maybe in the instance where you know, I'm dying of some terminal disease and have nowhere else to turn. And like, we're in such a dystopian society that the only way to save a child is to give it up to, you know, someone else, no matter what 
they may want of that said child. Like that's the only instance where I could see where it's like, maybe I would give my kid over. Other than that, it's like, no man, there's nothing you could do to make me no. give my, you know, I mean, is it money? Is it what? Any, you know, he's reluctant about doing it, but he, you know, does. So I stood in that it. room, uh, for, I don't know. I, I waited a good two and a half, three minutes before I picked up the baby. I think the, the doctors, even at some point, they say, eventually you'll have to do it. There's no other choice. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I get it. And so right, you're made to do game. this thing you don't want to do. But I mean, it, it tugged at my heartstrings a bit being a father, but I don't know. I, I feel like overall the story was good. And, uh, like that scene in particular was, uh, pretty heavy shit like you said uh, and the gameplay was good but except for the way this game looks it didn't excel in anything to me it wasn't yeah. as good like so bio- b plus yeah b plus, b plus yeah um graphics a plus you know but yeah, okay. it was it was a good game um i can kind of see why you know it's like it's both beloved and hated and it ultimately caused the studio that made the bioshock games to uh fail despite being game of the year the year it came out if i remember right um, it'd be tough to follow this up though because i mean this game i mean the the parallel universes i mean that's tough well, where do you go from there it's like everything has ever happened in this game and so what's what's left? Yeah, I mean, you can't really. I I get not wanting to revisit the the first you know Bioshock areas because they felt like that had been played out, but uh-huh. they didn't show them. You did actually you know yeah, touch you, there for a moment. For a moment, you do go underwater in the end, yeah. yeah. And I think there's there's things throughout that like link pieces of it, but it'd have been cool to have like a little movie to go with this game i know like they wanted you to kind of discover it as the player but maybe like once you beat it it's like hey here's a 20 minute thing about like the history and how it all came together and all the characters you met get a little more backstory on them and why they're there and what the world's all about that'd be kind of cool the first one was very good the second one had its problems but it had like incredible dlc um Mm -hmm. This is honestly is the my least favorite of the series. Yeah. Sure. Um, while still liking the game quite a bit, I mean, it's not at mm-hmm. all a bad game. And is it worth it? Since that's the name of the podcast. Hi, you're listening to Is It Worth It the podcast? Is the recorder on? Yeah, the we, podcast. We're starting. We are starting. Um, good. Hey, we played Bioshock. It was a great game. Oh. Yeah, but uh, it's like you know, a $5 game because it did sell so massively. If you want this for the PlayStation three, you can get the game of the year edition for like five bucks or something. I think that's Mm -hmm. what I paid for mine. And there's no reason you shouldn't play it. It's so short. It goes down easy. But if you're expecting it to be like Bioshock one and you haven't played it, maybe, you know, unless uh, you're really starving for that type of game maybe you skip this one um and if you haven't played any of the bioshocks play the first one it's my favorite mm-hmm. I, I think it's the best game um by far it's uh maybe a little clunky now comparatively uh g- gameplay wise the one thing with the first one is i don't think you could have your weapon and your magic at the same time you had to like alternate between the two which was kind of a pain in the butt. right right yeah i remember that now but that was an, that's nitpicky yeah, it, you know, you, you get used to it real quick. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I, 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 maybe part of it was that I had hyped this game up so much in my head too, because mm-hmm. it did win a bunch of awards and stuff. And like, I've been waiting to play it to find a reason to like, okay, I'm going to finally play Bioshock Infinite. So I was really stoked when you, we finally came up to the mutual decision of playing it. I was like, probably thinking, you know, this is going to be one of my all time favorite PS3 games. And it, it more or less sits right at the middle. You know, it's a very good game. It's not bad. Um, but yeah, definitely worth it for its current price, and I believe it just got a re-release on the PS4 as well, or maybe it was a year ago now. But um, that may look a little better. Or That's the one I have. It's like I don't know. It was like twenty-five bucks, but it came with all three Bioshocks. Right. So no, if that's worth it, I oh, get it for totally. just that. So yeah. now that that's done, um, you up for playing a little Fantasy Star Four? Fantasy, you know. I am. Um, I was thinking we could do it. Do you want to do it next time or the one the one after? I have some vacation coming up. That's why I was like eyeing a, a longer game then. But I can I can get into it now. It's. I think it's only about a twenty hour game, man. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's really not that bad. It goes down pretty easy. If you can get through even to the halfway mark, I think we're going to be fine. And and you can okay. play that on the uh, the Ultimate Genesis Collection. I have it. There's a I version on there. That's what I'm going to be playing it on and. Yeah, yeah uh, we've been. Of that. Yeah, I've got a hundred versions of it myself. <laughs> um, it's a, it's all originally on Genesis. It's on the uh, the PS2 um, on the Genesis collection for that. You can get it on the Ultimate Genesis collection for the PS3. I believe it's also on the one for the PS4. I have it on the uh, Sega Genesis Classic Game Console that uh, Act Games put out a few years ago. It's on there. I mean, at this point, like, Fantasy Star 4, you can find it virtually anywhere. And, Alex, hopefully you're listening. If not, I'll shoot you a message in Discord. We're going to want you to come on that episode with us. I know we promised you, like, two years ago for that. And you've been patiently waiting and haven't been dogging me at all about, hey, you need to play Fantasy Star 4. And we'd love to have you back on the show to... uh to tell us everything without having to even play the game, just like you did with Shining Force Two all that time ago. That guy, he—I don't know—he's got a, a memory on him like a steel trap or something. Because, yeah, because maybe my just—and I played a lot of Shining Force Two when I was a kid, and then we'd replayed through it, and I couldn't remember like little names of things and such. And he was just, you know, hadn't even played it in however many years, and mm-hmm. remember them all. Of course, I'm like that with certain games as well. So maybe that's just one of his like all-time favorite. Maybe he was a Genesis yeah. kid or whatever. But yeah, we're I gonna was. want him on the show. Hopefully uh, he'll he'll come on and join us with that. Other than that, I don't have much else to say. Uh, definitely get on Discord if you haven't. Uh, you can find links to that on the RPG Show um, podcast's uh, webpage. Um, they have links to that. We just kind of jumped on their Discord because I didn't want to have to deal with making one. And theirs is going real good. Um, as of uh, this week, I think we have like... 30 or 40 we keep getting new members all the time like it's really been hopping in there there's new faces talking about stuff all the time we even had a a female uh join and yeah yeah dude (laughs) i I think they scared her off i believe her her real name and or call name was winter and i think she was from the uk or australia i can't remember but uh yeah she was there for and, and talked quite a bit for about a day she was real knowledgeable about stuff and and then she hasn't been back on 
on that much, but um, a lot of new faces on there. It's crazy. A lot of old faces, too. All the old timers that have always been around are all still there. And it's a lot of fun, so definitely check that out. And while you're at it, if you're not already listening to them, check out the RPG show. Um, Brent will be joining me once again after this, uh, after I hit stop here. I might play a small interlude of music, and then there'll be a whole nother podcast for you to listen to where we will be discussing Shadowgate for the month of Halloween, um, October my favorite holiday of all time and uh, we couldn't break that tradition so we'll be talking about that amongst other things and yeah he's got a great show so check them out other than that you can reach me at twitter at retro kel that's k-h-e-l you can reach james at james millholland spelt like it sounds um you can email me at simon not simon Simon Belmont at Outlook.com and you can reach James at GoodBuddyJames at gmail.com and I haven't got an email in a long time so you know I got one just like a week ago and I done forgot I get them occasionally I'm not getting emails as much as we used to I used to get two or three a month um, more people now seem to be uh, connecting with us via uh, Discord. Discord is the big one yeah. and yeah, I mean, rightfully so, because they almost always get a response like really, really quick. And then we've got the Facebook page too. the, as it were the Facebook page. Um, and like my response rate on that, it like says typically responds within a couple days. So if you're looking to get a hold of me, definitely check out discord. I'm also on uh, Instagram. I haven't been posting as much, but you can find me at uh, retro Blaine J on Instagram. I just post, uh, I was posting every day for a while and that got kind of tedious. So I've kind of slowed down a little bit, especially since I was losing heart. Cause I'd gained like 10 followers with a post. And then the next day I'd look and I'd lost 11 and I'm like, what the hell is going on with this shit? People just ask add you so that you'll add them and then they'll delete you because there's this whole perception that you can't have more uh followers than people you follow and it makes it's like who cares about that but people genuinely do so who has time to do that i don't add people delete people i don't know how to delete people i gotta look into that yeah it's it is what i don't don't even care but yeah it's you know if you just want to see some stuff i've got laying around it's pretty cool and uh if you uh want to email us uh about like something for the show um you can write in at uh dumpster in the trash bin dot net um no i'm just kidding just if, if you've got suggestions for the show just contact us any one of the ways uh we suggested and you we uh, we love to hear from you guys so unless you got anything else I think we're good, man. This was a good show. I liked it. Good game, good show. Will there be a Bioshock 4? Who knows? Yeah. Or the internet, the maybe. Someone will pick think, it up. I'm thinking there will be eventually. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know where they'll start it and how it's going to go. But you can't have good. an IP this big and it just go yeah. away completely. I say that despite the fact that Lunar really hasn't seen a third game, just rehashes of the first one. That's true. Killing my soul. Anyway, think, uh, guys. Shining Force never really got their... They, they're still making it. Shining games, though. I mean, yeah, they just... Fucking, yeah, know. they suck. Same with Fantasy Star. Okay, I, let's not get depressed here. Okay, yeah. Uh, keep it retro. Keep it retro, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Adios, amigos.
Okay, so I gotta call Brent. Give him a call. Voice call. Turn that down a bit. What's up, dog? Oh, hey, man. Wow. What's happening? Oh, not not much. Uh, I was I was thinking you had a bunch of static on your end, but no, you're okay. It sounds fine. And it gets kind of spotty because I gotta I gotta have a I call through Wi-Fi when I'm at home because the signal doesn't exist, so it ends and flows as my Wi-Fi does. I see. Okay. Did you want to try something else? Or... No. This is this is this works for you. It works for me. Yeah, it sounds it sounds pretty good. I think so. It'll be fine. You sound a little off because it's obviously it's through a phone rather than uh, you know what you rather than my, my my normal stuff. Yeah, I mean, if if you if you if you want to try something else, I can always I can always record it on mine and send it to you. It's up to you. Eh, then I'd have to mess with like trying to match your audio with mine and make the channels all right, and that seems like a lot of work. That does seem like a lot of work, doesn't it? Yeah, and and then the listeners just aren't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess not. Not the not the not the ones we got anyway. Nah, but the whole reason, good listener, if you're still listening, uh, we're doing this at all is because uh, Brent gave me some shit in Discord about uh, Bioshock Infinite not being a horror game, and uh, you're you're kind of right. You know, I played through the whole thing, and outside of like. You know, there's some, I guess, spooky moments. Like, it started out pretty strong. You see that dead body tied to a chair and bloods everywhere and stuff. But then there's no splicers and there's... It's just not at all the ominous feeling that the uh, other two Bioshock games had, you know, because you're not underwater. You're out in the open air and such. And it's Yeah, and you get a couple jump scares from the bird, but it ultimately is not a very... uh, It's not a horror title. No, not really. Although I, I did feel it was a pretty good game overall, although I do have a lot of problems with it, and I'm sure you've already listened to me and James get into that. But, um, yeah, so uh, you said uh, you'd wished I'd instead chosen Shadowgate, and I kind of said, why don't we just give a short 30 minutes on Shadowgate, and you said you were game, and I'm always game to talk about any of the Mac Venture games. So we're, we're... I think it's the last one you haven't covered, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the very first season of is it worth it i did uh just a bunch of horror games and i covered uninvited and then james and i did a show specifically over deja vu one and two and the the most infamous or famous or most beloved of the uh the four is shadowgate and i believe it was the last one they made although it was the first one they released on the nintendo which is kind of this weird uh, thing that happened where you know they released Shadowgate on Nintendo and it was a big hit and they kind of posthumously released the other games. Um, some would say inferior. My favorite of all of them is Uninvited, but I still have a lot of love for Shadowgate and it's definitely a horror game. Um, yeah, it's definitely a horror game, um, and you know I think that's where most people know it from is is the Nintendo um, mm-hmm. because that's where it, it saw its biggest popularity but it's also been like they they ported to like the game boy too uh got a uh remake or a remaster with updated visuals um yeah. on the computer not so long ago um 
and some pretty crappy sequels too. That's a thing. Yeah, and apparently available right now for pre-order on PS4. I think through Limited Run Games, they've got the. Well, that's a yeah, that's a that's the physical copy. I think it's for sale now as part of that the whole mm-hmm. Mac Venture collection on the PS4. Um, that's where I played it as the digital version of that from uh-huh. this this time around. I, I, I bought the digital version and played it on that. Um, it's pretty cool because they have a they actually have like a seat. A lot of these these they take these old games and you you put them on a modern console and they give you all these filters right to try and make it seem but the i tell you the crt filter on that thing was actually pretty good i was impressed because most of them are kind of garbage when you get these these filters that are supposed to make a modern tv look old but the crt filter on this one i was actually quite impressed uh, yeah. i played the whole thing with this that crt filter on is it like uh, any updated graphics or anything on that version or no, never. They're they're strictly the the old game hmm. ported. Uh, you get uh, they don't even have really any any um, additional. So sometimes you get like cheats or you know unlockables and stuff like that. But right. it's it's they're just the collection that's been ported. You get the little borders to the left and right because obviously it's not in that sixteen nine um, format. Yeah. So, um, but then you get a few a few filters and. That's that's about it. Um, it's not. It's not. Um, I mean, it, the, the, to have the physical edition from other runs is cool, but I think the actual digital version is like five, six bucks. Right. So it's it's more it's it's more worth that than I would I wouldn't pay thirty bucks to have a, a physical copy of it. As cool as it is. Yeah, I I actually hovered over the uh, the ordering button on that earlier in the week and uh, really kind of soul searched and was like, you know, what am I what am I doing? I'm buying games I already own again just to have them, you know, on a system that's more conveniently set up because my PS4 is always set up and I almost never have the NES set up anymore. Yeah, I mean that that all makes sense and you know and it's and it's worth the thirty dollars like if it had something else in there, yeah. you know, but is it, with it just being the three games. Um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play that kind of ball, but, uh, the, the digital version is more than worth it because it's only a couple bucks. Like I'd pay that to have it on like a phone or something. So sure. I'd, I'd pay to have it on my PS4 or so like for that instead. Well, let me ask you, did they add like achievements? There are some trophies, but they're not very many. Okay. Like I think there's only like three or four per game. Okay. Like there's really not. It's and none of them are, are like the high end like trophy hunter like sure. gold platinum type trophies. It's just like I think I unlocked two in my course of doing it, like die to the uh, break the wrong mirror in the three mirror room <laughs> and get sucked into space. That's a good and one. And the and the dragon melting you right. um, are both achievements um, that I unlocked on this playthrough. And uh, I tell you this time, man, I forgot how short it, how short it was. And you you, you kind of already know the, mm-hmm. the solution to a lot of the puzzles. Yeah. I was like, I thought, I thought, nah, it'll take me an afternoon, like you know, four no. hours, right? Like that's kind of what I thought. Maybe an hour. But no, it, it was an hour and a half yeah. at most. Yeah, you and can run was, through. And that was getting stuck really quick if you know what you're doing if you remember 90 percent of it which i did i mean there's a couple of small instances where i was like now where's that key again or you know something like that yeah. but it's i always forget what to do to the stupid race so oh. when you get to the, to the top of the thing there's a race and you have a torch in your inventory that's labeled torch but it's not with the other torches right, right. and if you and examine you, it it you says can't. it emits a holy light 
And yeah, you examine it's a holy light, but you can't use it on the wraith. It says you're not doing something right. Instead, you have to take one of your lit torches and use it on the on the the extra torch in your inventory, and then that doing that will make you throw it at the wraith right. instead of using the torch in inventory and using it on the wraith. It's a whole like I was like I know I'm supposed to use this on him, but I don't know. What the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just standing it. there watching you go through your bag, and I always yeah, find that funny. Like, yeah, it's like it's like uh, well, that's that's the case with any of them because it takes, mm-hmm. especially the cyclops. You walk to the room with the cyclops, and it's supposedly charging there. you, and it's like, well, I have to get a rock. And then I have to put it in the sling, uh-huh. and now I have to use the sling. Yeah. Uh, oh, hold on, on, buddy. Yeah, it, it's funny, but I mean, it, for what it was at its time, and for those that don't know, because we didn't really explain what kind of a game it is, we just kind of assumed that everyone would know. This is your classic uh, point-and-click adventure. Um, it's probably amongst the most famous on the NES. The only other one that plays in this style on the NES is Princess Tomato and Salad Kingdom. You're given like a... Mm-hmm a square in front of you that shows a depiction of the room that you're in and then you have a square beneath that a much smaller one that kind of shows you the different uh rooms that you can enter um, from the room that you're in like doors and whatnot they may be locked often they are in Shadowgate. there's so many different keys and gems and stuff that opens doors it's kind of ridiculous six keys and then the three gems and uh, I think that might be it. So I guess twelve keys, because the gems effectively act as keys. Well, I guess if you want to count the gems as keys, is you got the three gems, then you have uh, the scepter or is the ring. A, you the, the yeah the ring and the scepter open the door in the king's throne room. Yeah, that's kind of a key. Yep. And then and then you can kind of count. Uh, there are some hidden doors as well that you have to like either punch or. I think they're all punch, aren't they? Yeah, to be able. To- um, no, the one the one where you learn epor is just open. You just have to click open on the uh, the door shaped uh, oh, hole, okay. and and, it, and it's like, oh, you push it, and yeah. air comes flushing out or whatever. Yeah, and then immediately you go into a room with another secret door or something. It's- a lot of secret doors in this game. A lot of a lot of fun stuff to be had. But yeah, it's just your classic, you know, point and click adventure. You Roomba up everything that you can possibly find in each room, and then you'll you're given these puzzles. Some of which are are good, and some of which are silly as f, like uh, casting a spell to open a globe. You get a spell that's like uh, uh, cracks the world in half or something, and then there's a globe in one room, and you're like, oh, I guess I use a magic spell, you know to be able to open it and uh, that's silly as yeah fuck. some of the, some of the weird item deliveries like uh when you put the lightning rod on the uh <laughs> on the outdoor patio I and just a loud. weird skeletal hand comes up out of the floor and gives you a a thing and it's it goes a wand away. yeah it's um it's not even it's described as a skeletal hand but it looks like a muppet's hand it's just reaching up through it's the rock purple it's like pink purple it's the weirdest fucking thing really. you're just like what's that because it's just it's holding what looks like a stick and you know because graphically it's doing the best it can you know but oh my gosh yeah i laughed out loud at that and then once you you take it it just like slowly descends back into the rock it's so weird, man. It's like, is it radioactive? What is that? What is that? And what caused oh, it to come man. forth in the first place was the lightning rod, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, some of the puzzles yeah. just don't really make sense, but that's part of it, you know, and it's fun. Uh, I like the, the puzzle where there's a book you can't read and there's glasses in the desk and you put them on and now you can read the book. Mm-hmm. And then 
you yeah. read the book and uh, much like the scrolls it disappears right after i like that too that little touch it's just like every every time you read a scroll it disappears which is nice i think it was just a way of them to uh less clutter up your already incredibly cluttered bag because like i said yeah these games and by the end of it you're gonna have so much crap yeah and some of it some of it you don't need and then there are like like these point and click games of old there are ways to prevent yourself from ultimately being able to beat the game mm -hmm. like uh taking the wrong items from the from the the dragon den because you don't need all those items so let's say you pick up the two skulls and the bone and then you can't get both the helmet and the well, hammer you can or, you have uh, to uh exit the room and go back before the shield gets destroyed you can you can take like i think you three items right yeah but there's there's you you can get you can never get them all without the shield melting because i don't think it resets when you leave the room or at least it didn't on this playthrough on the ps4 know. like i left the room and went back in and i still got toasted Huh. I, re I remember it resetting when I was a kid, so I didn't try this time because, you, like you said, you don't need the bones because there's another skull that you can get from, uh, mm -hmm. like, a laboratory or something. And the only time you it's might... It's on a shelf, yeah. Yeah, the only time you might need a bone is if it's one of the Sphinx's uh, riddles because that's the way they kind of make all the garbage in the game uh, useful, mm -hmm. potentially, is the Sphinx will give you a singleton riddle to let you pass at one point. And all the answers are the garbage items throughout the game. I think it's like the bellows, the broom, the mirror, mm -hmm. the skull, and they all have you know they're all pretty freaking obvious when you get asked. The um, but the the main one that I remember screwing myself out of is there's it's a certain bottle that you have to drink to cross the oh, sure. um, bridge, and there's only two of them, mm -hmm. and it only lasts like three or four screens or something like that. And I remember. Uh, drinking one of them when uh, first time I played just to figure out what stuff did and I, obviously I didn't make it to the bridge before it wore out and right. you have to go across that bridge like once or twice and I think I ended up stuck and I had to start over again but again if you know where the, the answers to the puzzle not, it's it's not, not so bad, yeah. What he's referring to is there's this uh, room where there's like a sturdy bridge and this old rickety-ass bridge that looks like hell. And if you touch the rickety bridge, you get a death scene. But you can drink a potion and kind of float over the bridge to get to a room where there's a snake. And you use the aforementioned wand that comes out of the ground on the snake and it shrinks into the scepter that you need to be able to defeat the behemoth at the end of the game. Or one part of Which three more like Barney than a behemoth, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, he looks pretty silly, but I mean, again, for, for NES era, like granted, like I, I'm saying it and it's coming to mind, like the immortal has one of the baddest ass looking dragons at the end of it, you know? So I guess, yeah. you know, they could have done better, I suppose, but it's, it's not so much of the design that bothers me. It's the color choice. Like it doesn't have, why is it, why is it pink Oops, purple? Like, it, why why is it pink my... purple? There we go. Sorry. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 weird, and there's also a limited number of torches. So if you don't know the answers to puzzles, I know I I got many a game over by apparently tripping and and falling to In my doom dark. or bashing my head or whatever the thing is that tells you when your torch runs out. Which one? It gives you when your torch starts to run out. It gives uh, yeah. some of the scariest music this side of oh. like Sonic underwater. You know. The most anxiety-ridden music. You're right. It's right up there with Sonic under, like the drowning Sonic theme. 
Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I was right back into being a panicked little 10 year old sitting right? in front of the TV when I played it the first time. I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You know what you're doing. <laughs> it's like, calm down. You know what you're doing. You still have a six torch left. Don't freak out. And I think the game was aware of it because they allow you to light two torches at once. So when you see one diminishing, you can just like if yeah. light the other one so that you never have to hear that fucking music, which is what I did. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you know what you're doing, you can get through the entirety of the game on like three or four torches and there mm-hmm. are what 12 or more throughout the entirety of the game yeah. so you know if this yeah. wizard was smart he would have just removed all the torches from all the sconces on oh, the wall sure. and like you would have just fallen to your death early on and that's or uh, not not kept the one weapon or the pieces of the one weapon of his ultimate demise in his own castle yeah just scattered about in random places uh just random places just sitting on the floor like the blade yeah, the blade. You got a just... Nick chained up, chained up werewolf female. Except it's vice versa. At least she turns the tool when she dies. I don't get that. That was weird. Well, if you the the only clue that you get other than you know uh, attempting to grab the blade or do anything else near her is if you try to speak to it or her rather, it'll say uh, it doesn't seem to understand you. And I guess the clue being it doesn't seem instead of she doesn't yeah. seem. Uh, but that's yeah. not much of a clue. But yeah, m- most of these things and, and the way the Mac ventures work, we've talked about it before. When you die, which is frequent, if you do, especially if you don't know what you're doing, um, you're just brought to the screen right before, and there's really no penalty involved. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's yeah, part of what it's makes trial and error. That's part of what makes the game fun is all the like interesting wordings and stuff you get from the different ways you can kill yourself and. You can, you know, on this one, you can use sword on self. You can um, mm-hmm. use torch on self, and I think it takes three oh, times, yeah. and finally you die burning yourself. It, it's like it's like you shouldn't do that. You really shouldn't do that. I, you burst into flames. I, can't I thought it was more like. Uh, you're, the first time it's like your your hair and beard catch fire, causing minor burns across your face. This isn't something you should do, or something. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, real yeah. descriptive. No, no, that's, that's the torch. But there's there's another one that's like uh, I think it's with one of the the monsters or something like that, where you you try and do something multiple times. It's like that's not a good idea. You really should reconsider. And then and this is the final time you die. Uh, yeah. A bunch of ways to die. But it's, you write the trial that trial and error. And as as a as a kid. Like uh, these point and click adventure games are just amazing because you're presented. You're not. You don't. You know. You don't have. It's not just jump, pick up, throw. Right. It's options to do it in every screen. It's like the. It just seems like this. Oh, this. This is the OG open world, right? It's like I can do all the things, even though there's a very narrow um, collection of things that get you to the end of the game. It's. Uh, you know, just the, having the options there in game to 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 test the results, uh, even even the stupid stuff that gets you killed is just it's still fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's still fun. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they have uh, in some instances not necessarily multiple. Well, yeah, there's like multiple avenues to get past, like the the troll that asks for money. I think you can initially throw the spear at him, and it like. It's very descriptive. It says like it hits him in the chest and he falls down the hole. Um, yeah. You listen for his body to hit the bottom, but never hear anything. And then the next time you come through, he is like all is forgiven, and he asks you for a coin again. <laughs> it's just like yeah, you can give him a coin. You can turn yourself invisible. That's the way to do um, it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so, but just the fact that there are multiple avenues to actually get past him is great. And then, of course, the aforementioned uh, Cyclops that's running at you. Uh, if you wait enough screens and come back, he's running at you again, and you have to hit him in the head again. And I think I discussed briefly on another show, you can, uh, like, stab him while he's down, and then yeah. he just won't get back up. And it, it's yeah, very you descriptive. Stab him with the sword, yeah. It, it's like uh, the blood rolls out of his neck and onto the grass or something. You're like, oh, right. <laughs> Kind of a creepy. Oh, the best! The best is going to reach for the flute um, without the gauntlet on, <laughs> like like the acid slowly devours your hand. Like, oh no, that's who, terrible. Who would who would think that they would? Oh, let, let's just make a fountain out back in the garden and make it out of acid, and then float this flute precariously on top of this. Well, obviously, this warlock would. Yeah, Blaine, come and, on. And then immediately you use the flute to open a knot in a tree because <laughs> oh man i love the it i like i like that part because it's in the same room i don't have to go to another screen to yeah use the flute. i just use it right now get my shit and leave leave yeah. great. like why couldn't i just i don't okay it's it's an old game and that's the way they worked you know it was silly the one that the one that uh, that really used to hang me up is the sphere right to use the sphere to melt the lake and get the key but you need the sphere back yeah. Like it's like the one item you got to use and then get back. Mm-hmm. So you got to melt the lake and then take the spear back. It's, yeah. it's, it's, there's, some, there's a few cool little puzzles in there that are fun. Yeah, the fact that they actually use an item twice, I always touted that as being interesting too because I think it's the only one of the three outside of like maybe the gun in Deja Vu or something, which I don't really count, where you use an item more than once because usually it's kind of a one-and-done thing. I think also key number five in Shadowgate you use on two doors, but, I mean, that doesn't really count to me. Uh, But, yeah, the fact that you have to freeze the lake where, where this very silly man went swimming with no clothes holding a key and then died... And is floating. There's a shark in that lake. Like, <laughs> a shark what was he doing? And, uh, yeah. And then you have to freeze it so you can walk over to him and take the key out of his hand. I mean, it's it's great from, like, a visual standpoint because you see, like, this little comical, you know, skeleton floating in the water and the shark in there and stuff. And you're like, all right, and that's kind of cool looking. But it makes no sense. Like, I get, like, hiding a key behind, like, shark-infested waters, but just put it in, like, some kind of receptacle that floats or some, I don't know, anything on a little island you know something like that but whatever and then yeah you gotta throw your torch next to it to be able to pick it up again so you can throw it in the uh, uh corridor of flames later on there's this corridor and the first time you enter it's like it's too hot and it'll kick you right out and you have to put this cloak on over your clothes and that'll allow you to enter without immediately exiting but you still can't go any further and like this fire demon pops out you have to throw the ice orb into the flames and then it says something like with the uh, fire extinguished the demon can no longer live and retreats or something and yeah there's a lot of like monsters in this one compared to the other ones as well and all of them are like just single shot puzzle type things there's the werewolf lady we talked about the the wraith there's this demon where you throw a star at which i think there's a clue to that but i don't remember what I, I it's weird you find like a star on a star map and then you use it against this thing and it like shoots out like a fireball or something yeah like a beam of light at a wyver and then there's there's a hellhound and if you had uh, you gotta put the the water on the hellhound it mm-hmm. turns out to be holy water it's a very um just gothic uh esque 
just castle with yeah. tons of just monsters in it. And I think that's what makes um, over the other ones. I don't. I wouldn't go as far to say this is the best one because I'm, I'm with you. I really enjoy uh, Uninvited as well. It just it's the um, it's it's got a certain cool factor to it that the other ones don't, especially for you know a little you know six seven year old Brent with all these monsters in this big dark castle and you're off you're the descendant of long line of kings and you're off to off to defeat the 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 warlock it's very you know dark fantasy and very cool that way yeah from the opening scene as a kid i remember being stuck on that with my friend for a good 20 minutes before we discovered that you had to open the skull to find the key much like uh, you and i would hide an extra key under a rock in our garden or something uh, this warlock yeah. hides one under a skull because you know of course you would and then yeah you just go from there going door to door collecting torches and random stuff and yeah it's great uh i love all of them uh this one holds a special place being for me and for most other people as well because it was uh the first one I played being and probably the most popular of all of them as well. And there were some, uh, there were some sequels that I guess I can touch on briefly. Um, just to say that you probably shouldn't play any of them. Uh, there was one for the, uh, in 64 called Shadowgate 64, which didn't at all play, uh, like a Mac venture game. It's, it's, uh, just, a. I guess like an adventure game, I guess you'd say. But it it kind of plays like King Quest without like anything yeah. good that was in King Quest. It's really, it's really quite bad. And then there was also one on um, the was it Jaguar CD or something, which I, I haven't had the displeasure to play, but I've read about and oh, I've heard man. that it was like really, really bad, like Beyond Shadowgate yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so. Beyond Shadowgate, I believe it was called. Yeah, I haven't had the pleasure of playing it either but i've heard not good yeah so i didn't bother I, and the reason being is i think that the the original company uh i can't remember the name of the company but the original company that made all these mac venture games uh went under and then their ips got sold off to someone and then someone was just whoring out the uh, Shadowgate name more or less you know as you do yeah. to try and make some uh, money off something that was classic and good yeah, but, i mean itself i mean there's not a whole lot to the like what are you selling about Shadowgate other than because it, it, it's it's a very generic type setting i think it's it works in its place and its time when, you know, it's like, okay, point and click adventure is a thing. Let's do it right. Let's do it with this style. And out, outside of that very small time bubble, like, I don't think the name even can carry a whole lot. There's not, there's, there's not a whole lot of lore that you get out of the no, game. Not really. Like it's, 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 you're a hero come to a dark brooding castle to kill a warlock. Mm-hmm. Before you summon the world-ending monster, like and, and that is all you needed, at you know, on Nintendo or uh, um, was it Apple One, Apple Two, or whatever these things were on. I believe they were on the Apple Two, yeah. Uh, so, no. um, I mean, yeah, it, it had so much more story than 99% of the things that were available at that time, and as such, yeah. you know. It was like this and the other two, Princess Tomato, Maniac Mansion, and like the original Final Fantasy and Dragon Warriors were pretty much all you had uh, of, of things that actually had any kind of actual storyline. Some, I guess, might argue, argue like the Ultimas and stuff, but those are pretty rough. 
to me for the NES, yeah. uh, and I wasn't much of a PC gamer at the time. So this was amongst the first games that, uh, le- other than, you know, the initial read of a, uh, like what was in the instruction manual, you know, and you read about, oh, this is an adventure with Mario's trying to save the princess and this is going on and that, you know, in the book, it's actually on screen and you, it's unfolding as you play. As as sparse as it was, it was still, to me, uh, so huge and eye-opening that games could be something other than, you know, jumping over the Goomba and, you know, trying to collect as many coins or whatever. Oh, one hundred percent. Like without point and clicks, I don't think I would ever picked up my first RPG. To be honest, yeah. Like it's it's, it's like it's like yeah, I want to be in a world that where it's telling me something, and and like just so you get that opening title card, and then you get to read where you're in front of the castle door, and it's like all right, you're here. It's time to do what you're here for, and then you go in the front door, and you get the two eyes, and he's like, <laughs> the wizard has made a mistake. I will defeat you, and it's like oh, it's on, yeah. it's on, warlock boy. Manacle, manacle laughter yeah. echoes through the halls. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It really is, and I, that's an excellent point you make uh, regarding. You probably wouldn't have picked up an RPG had it been for this, because it was the same for me. You know, it was a uh, 100% this Maniac Mansion and Goonies 2 that uh, led me to start playing RPGs to begin with. And then, you know, very famously on your show, I talked about uh, the, my first instances with uh, Dragon Warrior, which was the first just complete RPG that I played through. And then, you know, it was all over after that. And then I found, you know, the other dragon warriors and final fantasy and then final fantasy two slash four for the SNES was really the, the coup de gras. That was what made me, uh, basically an RPG gamer. You know, if I was playing something at that point in time, there was a good 10 years probably where, you know, if it was at all RPG ish, I was going to, rent it and and play through it you know uh even if even terrible terrible games like draken and stuff i would put at least six eight hours into before i would finally decide it was trash so yeah i've I've kind of grown out of that though these days it's uh games like this it's harder <laughs> it's, it's 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 harder because i mean as we i think it's a it's been an interesting discussion i've had recently in like discord twitter and stuff where i put out there uh, i think skiff asked on our discord it's like what uh how many rpgs can you play at a time and i think the general consensus is it's like you know once upon a time yeah man i'd, I'd play every one that i could put in front of me and it's just uh, the time commitments we got to be there now and, and it's just like we just gotta i mean as you get older and you got more stuff going, you got to put more stuff, more of yourself into it to be kind of like immersed. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you can't, you can't just like throw it all in there all the time like that anymore. You can't invest that kind of, kind of just that much of yourself at a time into right. a game and RPGs take it, man. RPGs I, take it. I'm, I'm reminded of like, uh, the scene in Lord of the Rings where, you know, Gandalf says, I have no memory of this. Cause if I, if I get if I'm given a week between playtime, which is, you know, sometimes you just have a really busy week when you're an adult and you have a child, etc. If I take a week off of an RPG, I forget so much of what's going on in the story. That's basically me. I'm Gandalf right there. I have no memory of this. And if it doesn't have some kind of, uh, thing where it's actually it just tells you what's going on to recap like i'm lost and i I will quit playing a game at this point unless it's for the show and then i'll try and power through but 
it can be tough. And if you're oh, yeah. a longtime listener, you know, there have been instances where I didn't finish the game because it's just like, you know, life gets in the way and it's like, nah, there's no way I'm going back to this. Cause I would, it's fa- happened so, uh, to me so many times for my show where it's just like, all right, I'll, I'll start off strong first week on the new game. I'll play, you know, get five, six hours in and then you're right. Life gets busy. And if I don't play for a week, week and a half, like that suddenly becomes three weeks because I'm kind of nervous to get back into it. Cause I know I'm not going to remember where I'm at. Yeah. It's like, I'm not ready for the, for the, Oh shit. I got to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the first part of the game I was playing, it's, it's a, it's a struggle, man. It's, it's for sure. It's for real. And that's why I think I gravitate towards a lot of the, uh, the older games like this, you know, things that are still adventures and things that uh, are tried and true that I have memories of. Like I, you can drop me onto any save file on Final Fantasy two, three, Chrono Trigger, etc., I- anywhere in the game, and I'll know exactly where I'm at and what needs to be done based on what's in my inventory and what land I'm in, and so on and so forth, because they're familiar to me. But on an- he running out of storage space, man. Like that's already <laughs> that's already that's already put him. In- the, the the memory bank man that's stored yeah exactly yeah that's it's it's funny to think but yeah uh, you younger listeners if there are any i'm sure we have some uh eventually you're going to run out of space for shit like that it's weird i can watch a movie now and enjoy it and laugh and or cry or whatever it is and then a year later remember only the sparsest bits of it but yet i remember every bit of the goonies despite having written you know i haven't rewatched it in 10 or 15 years or every bit of you know basically any movie from my childhood uh you know the sandlot or whatever it's like I, I know the whole movie by heart even though i haven't seen i haven't seen the sandlot in 20 years and i can quote that thing up and down you know i remember oh, yeah no characters names wendy peppercorn and you know <laughs> just silly shit that why would you remember that as well because it was a part of my youth but yeah so anyway we have mentioned your show multiple times you want to give people that may for some reason not know about what show it is that you do Oh, uh, me and uh, my my buddy Nick, we do a show called the RPG Show. I can find us on iTunes. It's uh, we just talk about RPGs. We rate, review, and talk about RPGs. That's our shtick. Uh, we just finished recording our Kingdom Hearts review and talk about a a, a pile of salt we unloaded from Discord on that one. Oh boy, <laughs> that is a game that you know. The first one I remember really liking and uh then trying to go back to it later and not liking it all i remember liking the second one a lot better and then all the subsequent like weirdo titles that were on the handhelds and stuff i tried them all at one point or another and they're all just terrible um yeah so it's um it's a thing because uh, basically we're going through this block now where um because i'll tell you you guys exactly how this played out because i'm i you know i am uh Kingdom Hearts is one of my guilty pleasures, man. I don't, I don't really care. I, I enjoyed them, uh, minus some of the spinoff titles. Like, uh, the, the spinoff titles aren't good, and I wouldn't have wanted to play them for the show. But Nick was always kind of, you know, not very warm on the idea of doing any Kingdom Hearts games. Mm-hmm. But uh, they got the, the complete, you know, thing came out for the PS4, right. and of course he bought it because he buys everything. And I was, I was like, ah, I want to play Kingdom Hearts. He's like, all right, we'll play Kingdom Hearts 1. And then I get a text message about a weekend and I was playing Kingdom Hearts. He's like, so, yeah, I think we want to play all of these now uh, and get ready for Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm like, fucking thanks, Nick. That's great. That's that's what I needed. 
play Chain of Memories again. I'd rather mm. die, but okay, I guess that's what we're doing. I awesome. Have, I have the PS2 version of Chain of Memories. I remember getting maybe three hours into it and going, no. It's, it's bad. It's bad, it's man. Really bad. I haven't struggled. I haven't struggled this hard to get into a game for our show, and I'm not probably, probably since like maybe Quest sixty four, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe Star Tropics. I don't and know why you guys. Tropics. You guys are nuts. You always feel like you have to actually play through the game. Uh, to which my reply is no. Once <laughs> once I've played, like what what did we do? Uh, Zeno, what was it? Zeno Saga, or no, whatever the one is for the Zeno no, uh, Blade Chronicles. We did that for yeah. for my show here some months ago, and that's like a hundred and. 20 hour game if you don't do everything or some shit and I got about what like 9 hours in and I was like there's no way there's no way I'm even getting to the quarter point of this game well uh, here's the thing like it kind of was it's kind of one of my goals when we set off the start of the show it's like I wanted to be I wanted to beat as much of every game as possible like mm-hmm. I didn't I mean if we don't beat everything that's fine like that's really okay, but like I don't want to be not finishing half the games that we play. And RPGs in particular, they have they evolve as the game goes on, and the end game on RPG can play very differently than the first ten hours. That's fair, you know. So there's there's a lot of especially when it comes to character progression and how those systems kind of unfurl over the course of a game. A game can end up being very different at the end of the game and I don't think it's really given a lot of RPGs their fair shake unless you see some of that. Now you ain't gotta see all of it, but you kinda gotta get a feel for all of it. And it's just we you know we're we're stupid. I, I guess is what I guess that boils down to is we're crazy people. Yeah. Um we like we like we like to yeah. self inflict pain. Sure. But there's a level of fun to it. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. There's there's a little bit of fun of being like, oh shit, we're reviewing it next week, and I got 20 hours left to play. <laughs> Can I do it? Um, right. It, it, it's, it's a little little bit of fun to it. So I tried to get you because of this uh, this knowledge. I mean, I had you guys come on the show, you and Nick, some years ago, and we did the Space Adventure Cobra, and you almost beat it, and Nick actually did beat it, and this is one yeah. of those times where I was like, nope, and I spent maybe three hours on it, and I own the game, <laughs> and, I, and, uh, and I was like amazed. That I was like, this Nick cat, he is crazy. He is going to play through anything that he has to do on a show, and so... Like- Last Christmas, I sent you guys the fairy tale adventure because that is very famously like this hard to get through as fuck RPG where you have these three brothers. And if any, and it's it, my understanding is like you play as the first brother and try and do everything that needs to be done with that brother. And then if you do it right, it'll go to the second brother. That, or you can play as the first brother, die, and then it'll go to the second brother, and the game will continue, but you won't be able to beat the game because the first brother died. But it doesn't tell you that anywhere. So you could just play through the entirety of the game, the rest of the game, not knowing because one of your characters died that it's unbeatable in an unwinnable state now. So I was really looking forward to hear all the cussing and the, the hating of me for having made you play through this game, and you guys just didn't do it. You just pretended like it didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't exactly pitch us on it, okay? Like no. at that point, we were, we were we were in the we were in the thick of it. It's not like we were we were we were itching for a bunch of recommendations on stuff to play. No. Like we 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 were in a we were in a 
like a pile, like tits high of games people wanted to play. So yeah. it's like, uh, we got to start sorting through that. And Nick, yeah, he's a madman because he, he beat Kingdom Hearts twice. He's already beat Chan Memories twice and getting ready to get started on Kingdom Hearts 2. So the kid's a, the, a madman. Well, he like, doesn't have, like, he gets to just play games all the time. That's what, yeah. that's what he does. Like, he's, you know, he's not, he doesn't have the kid thing going on yet. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I could do it back in the day, like pre pre being mm. married, pre having kids. I don't. I think I could have competed on that level. I don't but, think I uh, could. Uh, just life. Uh, there are things I want to do. There's people I want to see. You know, uh, women. Oh no! See that. That's what woman would stay with a man? That I mean, I've seen Nick's uh, girlfriend or soon to be wife or whatever it is. I don't know. And she's pretty, but I don't understand why she would stay with a man that has a what is it like a twenty nine or a thirty. Uh, level on PS whatever it is like, that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous I saw that yeah. and out of I've have I've, I've befriended some people that are uh, like famous YouTube gamers and stuff just to like follow them and stuff and Nick is the highest of all the friends I have on my friend list <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, well, the RPG wouldn't show wouldn't have happened if I couldn't get Nick on board. Like Nick was Nick was my guy. It's like if we're yeah. gonna do this, I need somebody that's got the knowledge. Like you know, he was he was the guy, right? Yeah, you know, he's the he's the he's the straight man and the duo that comes with all the information. Sure, like sure. you know. And he's such an enigma to me. He He's either, like, if I lived in the same town as him, he would either be, like, my absolute best friend and I would love him to death or I would hate him. I'm not sure which. Um, no, it would be both. It would be both. It, it That's would be how both. that works. Yeah. That's how it works. It's, it's, like, it's like extra friend today, and then he says, it's, it's, then he's not the next day. It's just, it's just, it's just how he works, man. It's, it's all good. we got to well, love him, right? I I I think I do uh, fall on the side of I actually like him at this point. All the jokes we made about him early on on the show uh, and no, stuff aside, he, he talks he talks a big game. He's the nicest guy. Like in in reality, he's the, he's the he's the nicest guy, whether he wants you to believe that or not. Right on. Like so, yeah, it, it's all good. But yeah, Shadowgate, man, love love fucking Shadowgate, and it's the same. Like that, and of course, I have to give you heat. You have to do a horror game every year. You come up with some Bioshock Infinite. Who's that? What, well, to to be fair, or not to be fair, to uh, uh, a little like some defense on on our part regarding that. I mean, the first two Bioshocks, I would I would label as horror games. I mean, splicers are freaking terrifying. There's that scene in the oh, first yeah. Bioshock where there's that guy just like uh, locked in a room and he's singing "Jesus loves me slowly," and you just hear that as you walk. Oh, oh God, it's terrifying. Yeah. There's that room where the dude uh, like encased his whole family in plaster while they were alive, and the whole room is. It's just like it's a terrifying game in the setting. You're underwater with big daddies and the the little I can't even remember the little girls what they're called, but they they're terrifying too. Their their features are all twisted and strange, and it is an unsettling game. And then you get into Bioshock Infinite, and it, it's like. You know, it's I, more of a science fiction adventure than a, than it a is. horror game. It's a very good game, and I have a lot of complaints regarding it. I won't get into it because me and James obviously will. But um, it it's not Bioshock. I'm if that was the direction that the games were going, I'm kind of glad the studio failed. I mean, it's horrible to say. A lot of people are out of jobs, but like, I I don't like. W- 
if it, I liked Bioshock Infinite well enough, but if they had kept going in that direction, I don't think I would have like stuck with the series. I really liked the dark moodiness of the the first two games a lot Did better. You guys, um, talk about this uh, Telltale game thing going under. Yeah, we definitely. You guys got to talk. About, we will definitely talk touch on that. I haven't actually recorded the episode with James yet. Uh, I think we we were scheduled right. to do it today, but we'll end up doing that uh, probably Tuesday, and this may come out just slightly late, but it's fine because it'll be closer to. Uh, Halloween, which, you know, is uh, what this month is all about. But yeah, uh, I will definitely talk about Telltale. That, um, and I can talk to you briefly with you too, but that just breaks my heart because they were the last bastion of, um, like adventure gaming really i mean there's a few there's a few other here and there that remake this or remake that you know and you've got things like ron gilbert releasing thimbleweed park and stuff but for the most part yeah adventure games were dead and then they had that big hit with the walking dead and apparently uh, the studio was terrible and they uh, underpaid people and overworked them and uh, were just trying to do so many games at once that it yeah. just folded in on itself like it would you know they were a small game studio trying to be a triple a game studio or whatever you know what i mean like a big yeah. big dog yeah. studio and uh and the and the and the way of releasing episodes came around a bit of a cut because that meant that the cash flow was was restrained until they released the last episode of any given mm-hmm. title because that's what most people waited for is for the complete collection and that's what they were hoping to run the studio on day by day was that that episode by episode money and apparently not that many people were we're buying into that well who would you know who wants it it's like if if the walking dead released an episode every three months you know it's mm-hmm. no thanks you know you have to have at least yeah. an, a complete story arc you know to get you through and where they ended the quote-unquote episodes were usually on cliffhangers and stuff and it it, it it feels bad it's like you end and you're like oh is uh so-and-so actually gonna die or you know what's gonna happen to this or that or whatever and then you've got to wait several months before you get no you'll just like everyone else like i did you know too yeah certainly i would wait until the entirety of the game was done and then i would buy the complete edition you know and i still have a few i haven't played through i haven't played through the batman one i haven't played through game of thrones or the uh the tales of the borderlands i haven't played through that yet and they're all supposed to be pretty good so there's still several titles that i'll get to play through the and the walking dead they said they're going to finish but um so i i'm still looking forward to playing more of those games but it just it breaks my heart that uh there won't be any more coming out you know now you know it's, it's akin to when working designs closed its doors um you know if in nis were to close their doors tomorrow and then atlas then i'd just be sol probably um i mean square doesn't really release anything good anymore so <laughs> yeah everybody's so terrible it's this poor guys they just don't get it. I don't know what's happening with them. You know, over the slow course is like they used to. They they would release games, and you could. Well, you know. apparently, Dragon Quest Eleven is pretty good, yeah, and we yeah. we're we're speaking on our point of view on how we feel about things in America. We don't know how their sales are looking in Japan. Sure. They could be crushing it in Japan, and the, the whole thing about like there are people out there eating all this Final Fantasy fifteen stuff up, like. It just yeah. could be they're not making games for us anymore. I like, guess everything is all Final Fantasy 15 and all this stuff is making money. They're making money, so it's just it's not it's not it's not for us anymore, man. And that's, that's I think that's the thing we got to learn to be okay with. 
I guess. I guess you're right. Yeah, because, like, the idea of, like, hanging out with, like, a bunch of, I mean, they just look like Jersey boys or something, you know, and that's your party. And there's, I mean, it's just, back in the day, we had party diversity. You had, you know, your girl summoner and your guy knight and, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone was so different. Oh, look, there's a karate fighter and whatever, you know. And then they just glom them all together and they're just some assholes that look like they could be in a boy band or something like i have no interest in that at all you know the gameplay could be fucking stellar as hell and i've heard it's not but it could be and i would still be like i don't it's this one of the reasons i hate eight is because when your best character is a white version of mike tyson i mean he's the you know the most unique character i guess is a guy with a face tattoo that like punches and kicks you know uh, I guess it could be argued that the teacher would Or when wit. the best way to play your game is to not play it. That's my sole problem with eight. Yeah, that's a the big best problem way to too. play a game is to not play it. You have failed. You have failed. Like it is, <laughs> you've lost. Game, gameplay aside, that my main issue was the fact that the characters were just so blase. Oh, yeah. They were just, you know, it was like eating mouthfuls of cornmeal. I'm like, oh, yeah, another just human with whatever. It's like it squalls like your typical emo teen, and then everyone else in the game is just like a stereotypical teen, and then you have a teacher who might as well be a teen. And, I, I mean, none oh, of them... Oh, yeah, and we've all forgotten about our memories except for one guy who well, remembered sure. but didn't want to say anything because it was fucking awkward. Are you shitting me? Don't even get me started on the... the I'm just train. saying, it's <laughs> like, just... They, they could have thrown brain. in a couple of characters that were of a different race or, you know, just whatever. But because everyone was just spoonfuls of cornmeal, like I said, it was just hard. The story didn't keep me going. There's no color or vibrancy to the game. It's it's like one of the most non, I I mean, there's no, nothing fantastical about eight or 15 for that matter. Like they're not what I got. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, 15 has got some, it's got a spectacle to it, but it's not like they're missing like that, that colorful, vibrant thing like that, that every other final fantasy that, that is good has, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It is what it is, Blaine. Yeah. But I tell you, you know, I, if everybody listens, you listen to you is not listening to me. Then you listen to the sound of my voice right now. Like they need to stop making you guys play RPGs. You poor souls. Like, <laughs> like I understand the struggle. <laughs> like, and you guys are way busier than I am. And like, <sighs> yeah, should play some more stuff that's not RPGs, man. Don't listen to them. Play what you want to play, man. Yeah, well, you, you know, we... play, I'm sure the Bioshock episode is going to be great because you oh, don't have yeah. to slog through some some RPG you don't have time for. It, like, it... play some, play some, play some cool stuff, man. We we definitely will. It took about what six to ten hours to get through Bioshock. That was no problem, really to do in a month yeah. but yeah when the when everyone's like hey you know i i put out the the choices and i i did add rpgs to most of them because i am on a show called the rpg or the retro rpg show you know i'm an affiliate with them so i wanted people to have those options it should have dawned on me that of course they're going to pick all the long rpgs over the other options and so oh, yeah. that's what happened and yeah we ended up with a bunch of them on our list but to be fair you know it's taken us almost two years at this point it's like a year and a half in since we've done that list we only have three more to do and only two no all three yeah all three are rpgs <laughs> we'll probably sparse those out i think we're going to be doing uh fantasy star 4 finally next we're probably going to get alex to come in on that show with us and that's luckily that's Where? a relatively short 
you know, so it's like what a twenty-hour RPG if memory serves. So that shouldn't yeah, be too no, bad. And that's that's a cool little game too. So oh yeah, for sure. That's, you know, it's not some some behemoth of complexity like yeah. these modern ones are. Well, some of the so. older ones too. I mean, Jesus Christ, there was like the PS one, PS two era where they were the whole thing was like a hundred hours of gameplay. Oh, yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, PS one, PS two. Like I'm talking about before that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go before the PS one. They kind of like once they could fit that show on a disc, they got they got crazy. Yeah, the, for so. sure. Yeah, they just didn't have the room back in the day, which was perfect. Yeah. You know, I want my RPGs to be around twenty to forty hours at most. You know. Um, but yeah, like the other two games being Shadow Hearts and, uh, Mario and Luigi Partners in Time, I think, or Superstar, it's Superstar Saga, which both of those are also relatively short, uh, with Shadow Hearts being slightly longer, but we'll get to them eventually, good listener, and, uh, yeah, unless you have anything else to say, I think we pretty much covered Shadowgate, I mean, the, the length of time we've been talking, we could have beaten it easily, so... Not much oh, yeah, of a game. No, we talked about the game longer than it takes to get get the game. But yeah, no, I don't have anything to add on Shadow Hearts. But and if you guys ever need any anything you want to talk about, some because this is obvious. I'll talk forever. I'll talk about anything. So if you guys need some filler stuff while you work on some of them RPGs, you want to talk about something? Yeah, y'all absolutely. Just give me a ring. And one of these days, I still have in the bank. I, I made up a whole Jeopardy thing to have do something with, and they're all it's all uh, game related questions. And I think it'd be really cool to do that with uh, either you and Nick and a guest or you, Nick, and, you know, James or something or whatever. That'd be really fun to do or something of that nature. But I've got one. man, it's made up it's, it's your game you just tell me you just tell me we'll make it work man yeah and the, that's been so long ago that i've made the the jeopardy page i i saved a link to it that i've i've literally forgotten some of the questions and stuff so it'd be a surprise to me too so anyway but yeah listen to brent and nick over at the rpg show if you aren't already they, they do god's work over there and uh thanks for coming on and talking about Shadowgate, bud yeah man thanks for having me All right, well, until then, keep it retro. We'll see you next time. Hands with the walls come tumbling down. They do.